All right, we still don't have a media deal, much to my chagrin, but which schools are most important as the Pac-12 undergoes that endeavor? Hmm, it's an interesting question. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is a little bit of a continuation from my third segment from yesterday because my question came in via the mailbag. I'd prepared for the segment, as always, for all of you. And I started exploring it, and then I started having all these other thoughts and whatnot. And I said, you know what? Let's just flush these out on tomorrow's show. Welcome, everybody, to tomorrow's show. We're going to talk some uh, Pac-12 hoops later and where they stand going into the final week of the regular season with the conference tournament right around the corner. But first, this question originated from Edward Wayner via the YouTube comments. You can ask a question there. You can ask one on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. At Locked On Pac-12, there's a perception that some or many Pac-12 fan bases do not support their teams like other conferences. There's there's some truth to that. We usually hear that Cal and Stanford are the least engaged. There's some truth to that too. Can you do a show on Pac-12 fan bases' passion, attend games or watch on TV, and which programs helps the media deal and which hurt? Thanks. Now, important distinction here as I go through this information that I have compiled for this particular segment. Attendance is far more about how your program is viewed and how your conference is viewed as a result than how valuable your program actually is. I've seen some people before come in with flaming hot takes to the YouTube comment section and say things like, no one wants UCLA or no one wants, well, not UCLA, but no one wants X team because nobody goes to their games. That is not at all how this works. These are two separate entities here. There's how valuable you are in terms of the in-game day of game day experience. And there's how valuable you are and then how competitive you can be on the field. And there's how valuable you are to a television entity. Those are two very different things. So, and they are not, as I'm about to lay out, directly correlated. Now, the most important schools for the Pac-12 going forward into these ongoing media rights deals, which by the way, I want just as badly, probably more than you. I just, I want to see it already. I'm just so curious. Oregon and Washington are the most important schools for a couple of reasons. Number one, Washington is in probably the second biggest, second or third biggest media market remaining in the Pac-12, the Bay Area, Seattle, Phoenix. It's probably Bay Area and Seattle uh, that, excuse me, Got a little something caught in my throat there that are most coveted by a streaming partner or a uh, or a cable company like ESPN or a cable channel, I guess is the uh, correct verbiage there. But Oregon ha- has kind of surpassed their market size in terms of their viewership because they actually lead the Pac-12 in viewership in just about every metric that you look at. Average viewers per game with USC, without USC and UCLA. 
they are the most watched team, but Washington is up there as well. Washington's in a much bigger market, but Oregon has just become a more a more watched team than the Huskies slightly at at this point in time. But those are very comparable for for that reason. I think that's why you hear them always get kind of thrown around together because of that fact. And then the other thing is from an accomplishment standpoint, Oregon and Washington are the most important remaining brands. I think Utah is probably third, but the Ducks and the Huskies are still to this day the only Pac-12 schools to have ever gotten into the college football playoff. And Oregon is the only Pac team, whether it was in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, they've done it once in each, to play in a national championship game since USC in 2000. And they were last, last there was that game, 2006, against Texas when they lost to Vince Young. So those two schools have the potential, have the most likely potential, I think, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well, to be flagship programs that can get you into that national space, into that national championship game. They've proved themselves the most capable of doing that. It doesn't mean others can't put themselves into that category, but Oregon and Washington are the furthest along on that track. So that makes them incredibly vital. Now, in 2022, the rankings for TV viewership were as follows, and I have some thoughts about uh, about kind of where each of these teams fall. Because the next most important team, based on some other data that that I found, is we'll 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 just we'll just get to that. So in 2022, the least viewed team in the Pac-12, average viewers per game, was Arizona State. Surprising to some myself included. I'm surprised about a lot of things in the Arizona schools, but that's a conversation for another day. Colorado was number 11. Now, that is a function, I believe, of how bad they were. And I think if, okay, that sounded a little bit too obvious, but what I'm saying is I think Colorado has more untapped potential from a TV viewership standpoint than Arizona State does at this point in time. In 10 years, in five years maybe, we could be having a different conversation. But I don't think it's just the addition of Coach Prime. I think it's also the history of Colorado is actually quite strong. In the 90s and early 2000s, they were a high-level program, high, high-level program. And I think that brand is a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say sleeping giant. I think that's too much. But I think they could be the fastest riser up this list going forward for, for TV viewership. So I think they bring something to the table, certainly more so with uh, with Dion at the helm. But they were 11th last year. Arizona was 10th. Again, not that surprising, even as Jed Fish has gotten them going up. Don't have a ton of history there. Decent market, but not amazing. They're competing with ASU, but they outviewed ASU last year. So, hey, good for the Wildcats. I'm sure Arizona fans will uh, like hearing that. And I know there are a couple of you that listen to or watch the show. So there's the uh, Arizona bone throne of the day. Number nine, Oregon State, which just goes to show you how hard of a job it is to be at Oregon State. And by the way, that number should have been bigger, whatever the actual viewership was. I didn't jot that particular information down. But remember, they played USC on the Pac-12 network. Gosh, that was just so ridiculous. It was such a great game, and it was stashed away on the Pac-12 network. That was a bummer and a half, especially for Oregon State. The, and, and this is exactly why, because they just had an outstanding season. 
Their best season since 2006. Won a bowl game, beat Oregon, 10-win season. A lot of things went right for the Bees. And they came in ninth in TV viewership and ninth in talent acquisition following it up. Just goes to show you how good of a coach Jonathan Smith really is because that is not an easy job. Now, the two schools in front of Oregon State on the 2022 TV viewership metrics tell an interesting story about what the future could hold. I will tell you that story after this one. I want things that taste good that are also healthy. That's why I eat Built Bars. End of the story right there. It's really that simple. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. It is 100% delicious. Their flavors are amazing. They've got a bunch of them. I don't know how Built does it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box. You can go to Built.com as always, or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, get your next order of Built Bars today. Built Bars, Puffs, they've got everything they need. It's all, you need. It's all delicious, and it's all available to you. Okay, the next kind of thing to point out here is Oregon State came in at number nine in viewership. Stanford and Cal, and I'll run through the whole list here, and then we'll kind of get to each part because I have many of takeaways. Stanford came in at number eight. Cal at number seven. Washington State at number six. Okay, that is wild. Now, one of you was pointing this out in the comments yesterday, a Husky fan, actually, being very fair to your in-state rival, which I very much appreciate. You love just a little bit of a little bit of civility, a little, little bit of sportsmanship from fans. Never hurt anybody. You can have some bitterness. You can have some you know, jarring and whatnot. But every now and then, a little bit of a wink and a nod, it, it can go a long way sometimes. Washington State was number six. The Huskies were number five. Utah was number four, UCLA three, USC two, and Oregon number one. The biggest story in that group, the top two-thirds of the conference for TV viewership this past year, is Cal and Stanford. Because they are in what is probably the most valuable and expansive media market remaining in the conference right now. Like Even if you assume, which I just hope happens at this point, San Diego State and SMU join, I still think the potential TV viewership for the Bay Area schools has the most untapped potential because I think them being that low is a function of them being really bad the last few years. I, I, I think that's what is represented there. So if you're the Pac-12 and asking yourself, what do we need going forward to succeed as much as we can on the media rights front? Oregon and Washington have to be there. Utah, I think, is moving themselves into that category very quickly from a brand standpoint. But from a TV standpoint, if you're George Klyovkov, I think you'd like to have Stanford and Cal be better than they are. Now, you'd like every team to be competitive at some level, but if you could further tap into, you know, like think about, think about this. The Pac-12 has long had the reputation of being lesser than, weaker, all this sort of stuff. But back when it became the Pac-12, things were feeling pretty good for the conference, right? Like overall on the football front, the last time the league was as competitive as it was this year was 
eh, about nine, 10 years ago in that 2012 kind of 14 era. You know who one of the flagship programs was during that time? Yeah, USC was good. They were dealing with some sanction stuff, but they were still at least competitive and relevant. UCLA, eh, kind of, but not as much. Oregon was really good. And Stanford was really good. And I think if George Klyovkov, if you asked him and he were to give you a straightforward, honest answer, who are the most valuable teams on television for you going forward? He'd say Oregon number one, Washington number two. I think the answer is Stanford number three, and it might be Colorado number four. I really think those are kind of the teams from when you combine brand power, which can supersede the market, right? Oregon does not exist. I mean, they're not even in the city of Portland. They, of course, get that market very heavily, but Portland's not as big of a market as Seattle. So if you have a run of success over a period of time, your brand can kind of help supersede your market, right? I talked about that in uh, evaluating expansion programs with regards to Boise State. Because they're not in a huge market, but they're also the second most viewed team, I think, in the Mountain West the last couple of years because they're Boise State, right? So if you have a program that has enough appeal beyond just the region and market where they are, which can you know limit their upside for sure, you can outperform your market. And I think Oregon certainly does that. But tying this back to the, the TV viewership numbers here, Stanford and Cal being a number eight and seven, like that that's just... For the Pac-12 to get the most viewership possible going forward, whatever broadcast service they're a part of, whatever media deal they end up getting, one of those, one of those has got to take off uh, a little bit more. But how about Washington State at number six? They're up there in Pullman. You know the, the great thing about Washington State? They have this feel to them. It's almost like a Big 12 feel, honestly. But... Obviously, it's pack based, so we'll just assume it's a little bit superior. But they are, they have this underdog kind of fight to them, just as, as a football program as a whole. They operate in a space where if they're winning, yeah, you want your team to beat them. But ask yourself this question if you're not a Washington fan, how many of you can say with a shred of honesty, can't stand Washington State. Like they're just a program that when it gets rolling, everybody else in the conference kind of goes, you know what? Good for them. That's kind of where they're at. And they're capable, we've seen them capable of getting into that upper echelon. Now, sustaining it has not been something they're able to do. And I think is just kind of one of the limitations of their program as a whole. But Washington State being there at number six is really interesting. And I'll make that even more interesting here after I kind of run through the the top five. So Washington at number five, kind of surprised it was that low, but also kind of not because they played too many late night games. Washington fans, I've seen have some beef about that. I think that's pretty valid uh, considering the year that they had and the the team and market that they're in. And it's perhaps a testament to what expectations were going into last year. I don't know, but they're at number five. Utah's at number four. UCLA and USC at number three and number two, and then Oregon there at, at number one. Not a lot of surprises really up top. I'm sure people would perhaps de facto say, oh, it's going to be USC is the most few team. They're not that far behind Oregon. Like it's pretty close. And then UCLA and Utah are like a solid kind of step below or so. But again, I, that Washington State thing is interesting. So here, here's some other data to kind of add context here. And actually, before I get to that, 
The other part of, uh, of Edward's question here was about attendance. Now, think about the top teams. Again, for people who are not fans of the conference or who are not associated or affiliated with the conference in every way or in any way, they might look at the Pac-12 and say, wow, they don't have a lot of people in the stadium, this, that thing. How, how attractive can they be? Yeah, it's better. It's a better television product when you can fully pack a stadium, but not entirely indicative because the number one team for attendance in 2022, it was indeed USC. Number two was Washington. If you recall, they were number five in viewership. Oregon was third in attendance. Utah was fourth. Arizona was fifth. So Arizona does a great job of getting people to the stadium. But does that make them more appealing for a television company or a media company, broadcast company, whatever? No, because right behind them was Arizona State. And those were two of the three bottom teams for TV viewership last year. And I just bring this up for you, Edward, and anybody else who was wondering because you kind of you know put the things in the same question and they're just very distinct. Colorado was after Arizona State at uh, not quite 43,000 per game. UCLA was uh, down there, not last. <laughs> UCLA was not last in attendance. I know they took a lot of flack. The team that's last is going to surprise you here. Cal was after UCLA at just under 39,000 average per game. Oregon State was next. That number will probably go up now that they've completed the renovations at Reeser Stadium. Stanford was down there. They don't have a huge stadium, and they didn't fill it up a lot. UCLA's got a massive stadium, and they don't fill it up a lot. If UCLA had a 35,000-seat stadium like Snapdragon was just built for San Diego State, if they had that, they would be, on average, selling that place out or coming very close to doing so. And perception would be closer to reality. But they have the Rose Bowl, and you know West Coast schools, unfortunately— the passion for football is just not there the way it is in the Big Ten and the SEC, where they can sell 100,000-seat stadiums. I wish it was. I hope one day it can become that. But it hasn't changed in my lifetime, and I'm not optimistic it's going to start now. Uh, Stanford at, at just under 30K. And who does that leave? Last in attendance in 2022 was Washington State, because they don't have a huge stadium, and there's also not that many people up there. But the Cougars are such an interesting case study because they dramatically outperform expectations from a television standpoint. Now, uh, this is data I did not compile. I got this from someone else who I trust. And this was from 2012 to 2021, the televised football numbers. Now, this is a very specific way of looking at it, but I think it's an interesting way to do so. From 2012 to 2021, televised football numbers. Excluding the year 2020, because what even in the world was that? I don't know. I don't care. Don't want to think about it again. For regular season games only, no bowl games, no conference championship games. And then these numbers also exclude UCLA and USC and any matchups against the SEC or the Big Ten matchups. So it's only against the Big 12, the ACC, or Pac-12 schools in the regular season. And the most viewed teams in that span with those parameters are as follows, or at least the most kind of valuable ones. The data gets really specific and kind of technical, and I won't try and bore you with that because frankly, I don't totally understand it. But basically, over that time period, the most watched or most valuable teams for TV go like this. Oregon number one, 
No surprise. Washington, number two. No surprise. Washington State, number three. Again, these are very specific parameters. And, you know, something I've referenced here on the show before is Stuart Mandel's piece in The Athletic about TV viewership, including bowl games and Big Ten or SEC matchups from 2015 to 2021, excluding USC and UCLA. And Washington State was closer to the middle on that front. But the reason that I like that data a little bit more than this one is because not every school can just get any game that they want from any conference, right? So you have to be a certain pedigree for a school in the Big Ten or the SEC to find it worthwhile to schedule you, right? Georgia will play Oregon or Auburn will play or Michigan will play Washington, but they're not playing the Cal and Stanford's of the world all the time who can get a matchup with Notre Dame or, you know, Oregon state or Washington state or Arizona. It can be harder for those programs to get those sorts of games because other schools might not think it's worth it. or might not think it's going to be, you know, a game that really does a lot for them, has a lot of upside, which is why as your profile grows as a football program, you're going to be more likely to get those sorts of games and increase your average viewership as a result. Arizona, for instance, got a home and home with Mississippi State. Now, I don't know when that was scheduled to to be perfectly fair. So maybe that's not the the best example on that front. But you understand what I'm saying. The, The best one is Washington State. Keep coming back to the Cougars today. Any Cougars out there listening or watching, hop in the comments. Let me know if you if you agree or like what I'm saying today, because talk more Washington State than usual. Washington State having a home and home with the Wisconsin Badgers is not something I think could have happened before Mike Leach got there and built them into a winning program. But he started winning a bunch of games. Profile grows a little bit. You go win an Alamo Bowl in Texas. You do a lot of really good things. You have college game day, go to Pullman for the first time ever after however many hundreds of consecutive appearances for Old Crimson at game day. And all of a sudden you can get that sort of matchup. So I think this data is very, very interesting. But back to the specific numbers where you take out all the the big ones, the conference championship games, the bowl games, SEC or Big Ten matchups, or either the LA schools, Washington State third, Utah fourth, no surprise, Oregon State fifth, again, on the ascension here, Stanford sixth, ASU seventh, Cal eighth, Colorado ninth, Arizona tenth. Just some interesting data, just kind of the valuation of what teams can draw in the regular season with the matchups the Pac-12 is going to predominantly have going forward. That's kind of a good layout of where the schools are. Now, the skewedness of that data, I don't think Washington State, you know, is really the third most valuable team to a TV network executive. But I do think with this number of points that I've outlined on today's show, they're more valuable than you think. So, Edward, I love that question. Love going into that sort of stuff. If you've got any more, let me know below. You might have a Pac-12 basketball question. Here's where the conference stands. USC looks like they're going to get in, barring a collapse here in the last week in the Pac-12 tournament next week. Like if they go, I think, one and one this week and win one Pac-12 tournament game, I think USC is automatic to get in. UCLA and Arizona probably each going to be no lower than a three seed. I think UCLA's pushing for a one, but they're probably, I I would guess, going to end up as a a two. That's what I saw in the latest bracketology, but 
I, I think that that's kind of where UCLA fits into because they are coming out of the Pac-12, which is unfortunately really bad at basketball. So the league is looking pretty good to get three teams into the big dance. The question is whether they could get four. Arizona State, I think the absolute maximum is five. Here's how that would happen. Arizona State makes a run but doesn't win the Pac-12 tournament, but picks up another quality win. That Arizona game on the half-court heave was absolutely massive. And then if they can win a couple games, they could build an at-large, I think. And then the way the Pac-12 could get a fifth team in is if either Oregon or Utah emerges Pac-12 tournament champions. Do I trust either team to do that? Not particularly. But I think the bare minimum is going to be two. I think the most likely number is three. Four is within reach and five is the absolute max. I wish it were more. I wish there were nine teams. I wish I could talk more basketball this time of year. I'd be totally down. I watched a lot of the games. I really love the sport, but the Pac-12 has just not been good enough. So we keep the football content rolling. And as always, if you got a question, YouTube, Twitter, Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12, you hit me up on there, ask a question, get it answered here on the show. We'll be talking some more basketball as the conference tournament rolls around and you never know what's going to happen. You never know. Once upon a time, UCLA was an 11 seed, ended up in the final four. You just never know. Appreciate everyone listening. See you all next time and hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day.